0: Welcome to Unity Talks, where the hiring experts of Dallas-based recruiting firm Unity Search engage in lively discussion with successful business leaders to dissect their careers and how they got to where they are today. The obstacles overcome to reach their success and steps they've taken to stay at the top of their respective fields. So listen in as we provide you with the thought-provoking conversation and ideas that keep industries moving forward. Welcome to the Unity Talks podcast. I'm David Cathy, once again your host and I am so excited for our guest today. If it's anything like our pre-show chat yesterday, you are in for a treat. I left that call, so excited to hear her speak to you guys. And I hope I don't stand in the way of it actually being a good show. Um, a couple of little items about her that I made note of and I wanna share with you before I actually introduce her. She's got an accounting background. We are accounting finance and tax and IT and HR recruiting firm, So we're always looking for people like that a diverse industry background. It's been manufacturing, home building, healthcare, um, and a few other industries in there. She is a wizard at accounting system implementations. That's her specialty. So if you need an accounting system implementation, she's your go-to, especially if it's SAP. She is a published author, which is super cool. We'll actually get into that here in a little bit. And she's a lake girl, which I found out yesterday. (laughs) I feel like I should have said lake rat because that's what a lot of people say, but that doesn't sound very complimentary, lake rat. So I I went with lake girl. So this is Marsha Maring. Welcome to the show.
1: Thank you. Thank you for inviting me.
0: Yeah, absolutely. It's so great. So as I found out a little bit about Marsha, she's born in McKinney, which is where I live now, McKinney, Texas, and she was raised in Anna, spent a ton of time at the lake when she was a kid growing up, still spends a ton of time there. and um, So I got to know, when you were in Anna, raised, mom and dad, what did you want to be when you grew up?
1: Well, I wanted to go into the fashion industry. So when I left high school, I got an associate's in fashion merchandising. And it was fun. Went to New York, I, I toured the magazines and it was really fun. But really quick I found out that was not what I wanted to do and the reason being is kind of crazy but because we are lake people we stay at the lake like on weekends and holidays well that's prime time for the fashion industry Mm -hmm. so I had to work on the fourth of July one weekend when the whole family was at the lake and I hated it so I quit and I said I need an office job I need a Monday through Friday job so went back and got my accounting
0: degree. Got your accounting degree. Well, we we actually have a little bit of an audience in our room today and I'm the least fashionable one here. I can tell you that definitively. (laughs) So hopefully I don't get points off for that. That's okay. All right, well, so wanted to be in the fashion industry, got a degree in accounting, and you started working early on in accounting from what I understand.
1: I did. Um, I started at Texas Instruments and I was like an accounting clerk because again, I just left the fashion industry and it was very interesting to me. I was, in, I was in corporate accounting and so I was exposed to almost every single area of accounting. And I knew then that I wanted to go back and get my degree. So I worked the whole time that I was going to school, which I thought was beneficial because I kind of compared textbook to, to real world and that's not always the same. But it was interesting and I kind of floated around, but I did three things that I think really set the foundation for my career path. The first one, and it's crazy that I still remember it, but I was in my early twenties, right? And I was responsible for um, some balance sheet accounts. Well, every single month we had to get up in front of the executive vice president and present those accounts. And I was in my early twenties and I remember the very first time I stood in front of him and I was scared to death thinking, oh, I can't get through this. Well, I think he probably saw that on my face. So he was a people person. And so he kind of uh, walked us through it. I wasn't the only one in the room being a rookie. And so that taught me to know my accounts, but not just, he just didn't want to know if they were reconciled. He wanted to know the history. He wanted to know if I knew. He wanted to know all the ins and outs. And so that taught me to take data turn it into information and be able to present it. Mm. And so that kind of put me on the right track because we had to do it every single month. And you didn't want to get up in front of the executive vice president and not know your, your numbers. Yeah.
0: do you imagine that? Oh, you're, it you're, scared
1: me to death. Yeah. So you're 20 something years old. I was in my old. early twenties and I was, it was in a conference room and there was probably 35 people there. So it wasn't just him. It was different levels of managers yeah. and my colleagues and it just, But it worked because it really put the discipline in me to make sure, because you you wanted to make sure your accounts were reconciled, Uh you know what you were talking about. So it worked and it just helped me on the path of becoming a leader.
0: Well, I want to, so I want to pause for one second. So you had to do this, you were still working on your education, right? Because you had said I was going to go back to school to get my accounting degree. So I would assume that you didn't have it yet.
1: That's that's correct. Which
0: may put someone in a position of thinking, "Oh my gosh, this is incredibly overwhelming now," because I'm sitting in a room of highly educated people yes. who've been doing yes. this a long time, and I don't even have my degree. yet.
1: Absolutely, that's exactly a true statement. Good because it was, it scared me and it scared the rest of us. But you know, it worked. Put me on the right track. It it, it made me even more determined to get my degree. So uh, it was interesting. The second thing that I did was I was responsible for the um, TI's main bank account mm-hmm. and it's insane that I remember this, but it was 82 pages long and it took me a week to reconcile that because remember, this was before um, automation, so I had to do it manually, but it was great because I saw all the lockbox activity, all the um, wire transfers in, wire transfers out, so I had, I had to make sure it was um, in a ledger correctly. And it was a puzzle to me. So I saw the entire, the way the company operated. Mm -hmm. And so I thought that was so cool. And then the third thing that I think really kind of put me on the automation that you spoke of earlier, this was probably the very first thing that I did. I I worked a lot with the treasury department and one of my responsibilities was um, like treasury would enter into contracts. And so I would have to call the bank and validate that the terms of conditions of that contract and then the treasury department and just validate the two were accurate. Well, it was a lot of work. And so I said, there's gotta be an easier way. So kind of kind of did my homework and looked around and found that Chase Manhattan Bank in New York just came out with a prototype of just do, automating that very process. So I called them and said, well, you know, I, I might be interested in them. This is exactly what I do manually. And so they said, well, would your company be interested to being the pilot? And I said, well, let me check. So I literally topped up an email to the CFO and to the Treasury Department to say, can I investigate this? And they said, absolutely. And so I went for it and they flew me up to New York. And so I, being young, I went to New York, Chase Manhattan Bank, and had to present in front of a lot of executives on how our company was gonna use their software.
0: Oh my gosh! How so um, gutsy! Yes, how
1: gutsy! <laughs> I was really scared, but that's what told me that my brain worked yeah. to automate things. How can I do something yeah. more efficient and easier? And it was right when automation was really coming out. So yeah.
0: I love that. I love the initiative that you took, and I want to get onto initiative here in a second. I want to fly through a couple of things that you kind of that ties into what you had mentioned. Okay. Um, as I've known you, you've always been a really hard worker. Mm-hmm. And then you started getting your accounting uh, degree as you were working at Texas Instruments. Um, so it was instilled in who you are. And some people feel that, you know, a hard worker, it's like, oh, it's instilled in you when you were a kid. And I have this saying I say a lot in our office where it's like, you know, the best time to plant a tree. It's the old Chinese proverb. The best time to plant a tree is 20 years ago. The second best time is today. Oh, yeah. mm-hmm. And I feel like you can always learn to work hard. Mm-hmm. And, and that's something that leaders, who you are now, mm-hmm. operations controller is what you identify with, as mm-hmm. well as system some implementations. Mm-hmm. Um, it may be a little bit easier to learn work ethic when you're growing up, if you're in a house that comes from that, that's much true. like I was and, and you were. Mm-hmm. But it doesn't mean that you can never, uh, you can go through life and not learn the work ethic in order to climb the that's, corporate ladder if that's, that's what true. you want to do. No,
1: that's absolutely true. So you, you just kind of have to know what what you want to do, but I think a lot of it is it's, it's kind of just in your blood. Uh-huh. So kind of either you are or you're not, that's kind of been my experience with people that as I go through with um, in my leadership role, I've seen some people that just really don't want to give it, most of them do, uh-huh. but some of them maybe might work better in a different different profession.
0: Yeah, so. yeah. I'm going to come back to that here in a second, just that work ethic, because I think okay. that's important for our listeners to understand. Um, but before I do, you're still getting shaped in your career from a work ethic standpoint. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if I would say that you found a mentor, a mentor found you, or if this person knows that they were a mentor. But you had a unique relationship with someone where 3 they took you to three jobs and I'm sure that shaped who you are today. It, it, Tell us a little bit about that.
1: It absolutely did. Um, so I was in this department and I got a call one day and it was an executive assistant and she said, the CFO of that division, huge division, wants to meet with you. I didn't even know who she was. She was brand new. She just came from a different state. She was new to the entire department and I had no idea why she wanted to meet me. Mm -hmm. So I met with her and as it turned out, she um, invited me to be on her leadership team. And then I worked for her for a while and then she she would throw very hard things at me and I never said no to a challenge and that kind of shaped my career. And so, cause I didn't want to let her down and I didn't want to let me down. I didn't want to let my team down. And she just would always say, Marsha, uh, you are, um, how would she put it? She said, you're a quick study. You can go in and you can do anything you want to do. Go, go for it. So I would just, you know, okay. And so I, you're exactly right. So she, I followed her through different companies cause she would say, you know, come try, come work for me. and. I
0: did. Well, I think that's cool. I think I know why she reached out to you even though you didn't know her because she knew that this young lady flew up to Chase Manhattan (laughs) in New York and wrote a letter to the CFO as a 20-something-year-old person saying, hey, I think we need to investigate this. I know I would have reached out to try to find out who this person is. So I think that's great. So when you talk about finding a mentor and that shaped who you are and you Mm -hmm. couple that with your work ethic, you have all these moving parts in your career that's allowed you to grow. I want to take that and, and get your view from a hiring manager standpoint and what you look for when you're looking to hire someone, specifically someone who's coming out of school mm-hmm. and they're really young in their career. Mm-hmm. Because and there's there's an undercurrent theme that we've been talking about on the past couple of podcasts on you know, the people who are coming out of their education path and beginning their career and early in their career. You know, th- th- there's this overriding theme of, well, they just wanna be given jobs and they don't wanna work hard for these jobs. And we had to earn it and we had to walk uphill and snow yeah. both ways to and from school. Um, what do you look for having come from your background and seeing how she treated you when you were young? What do you look for in someone coming out of school and beginning their career?
1: You know, that's an excellent question because the one thing that she did give me was, um, she would give me a responsibility and just give me full brain to go get it done. Mm-hmm. And she would be in the background to say, how can I help? Mm-hmm. So I was either gonna have to swim or sink, right? Mm-hmm. And she would always put me on these um, complicated tasks and so, our projects. And so, you know, she was always there so I did have an example that, uh, that I encountered one time because again, doing system implementations was one of the things that I did for her. And I was on a team with the best of the best. And so implementing SAP, as you said, it, there's a lot of options and it can be A, B, or C. So one of the things that we always had to do, which was not an easy task, is determine which would be optimum for the, that company that we're working for. So I would always look for people that would challenge my, my thinking because I don't know, right? Yeah. We A lot of us don't know, but we're learning as we go. So if when I, I'm looking for confidence in someone that could come to the table to say, well, here, bring something to the table. Mm-hmm. Here would be my recommendation and here's why, because you always need to back it up because again, it's options and be able to back it up. You, you can't just throw it out there and say, let's do this you need to be able to say, well, here's why I recommend to do it this way and, mm-hmm. and explain it and try to convince the rest of the team that's the way to go. Yeah. And sometimes it's through trial and error. Yeah. It, it takes years to get to kind of know that, but it's, it's, it's great education to really get to know it. Yeah. So to, to learn how the engine of a, a system works, because mm-hmm. that's how you, your brain's going to try to come up with the best solution.
0: You said, I'm looking for someone to challenge my thinking.
1: Yes, absolutely. Which,
0: mm-hmm. And you say, you say it with a smile on your face and energetic. And it's like, and most people don't want that.
1: Oh, well. Wow.
0: Right? Yeah. People yeah. don't because yeah. there's a little, your pride gets involved. Yeah. Right? And yeah. you don't, you want people to go along with you, not challenge your thinking. Yeah. There's actually a book by Adam Grant called Think Again. Oh, wow. And uh, I was just talking about it last night at a dinner I had. And that's what he says. He's like, we need to think of things like a scientist. A scientist comes up with a theory and other scientists, including the person that comes up with the theory are trying to prove it wrong. Oh yeah. And if they can't, then the theory is proven right. Yeah, And that's the best direction for the firm to go in.
1: Yes, absolutely.
0: And I love that thought process. And that's what you're saying, which is really hard to do because you're inviting people to disagree with you because it's it's not about you being right. That's right. It's about coming up with the right solution. For the
1: company. Absolutely. Absolutely. And another thing that always worked for me is I would ask the same question five times. And if I got five different answers, it was it was a topic we need to address because five different people think it it's working five different ways. Yeah. But if I got a consistent answer, I would know that that topic is solid and we can go with it.
0: Yeah. I think that's awesome. I love hearing you. I think I want to be more like that. You know, I want to be more, um, I don't know everything. Here's my thought. And please tell me I'm wrong and figure out how I'm wrong because I, I would like to get better. Yes. And that's really hard to do. So that's really cool that you did that. And and you say it so enthusiastically, like, isn't everybody like this? <laughs> you know? And well,
1: system implementation, it's hard. It can yeah. be hard. So it's, um, there are certain things that are just right or wrong, but there are certain things that have so many options. Help me here. So, yeah.
0: Yesterday we were talking about how I first uh, knew you. Oh. And I asked you if you remembered uh, our conversation, you were like, oh, I don't really remember, remember yeah. yeah. And you needed someone on your team mm-hmm. for a temporary period of time. Mm-hmm. And uh, I had a, a candidate who I thought could do the job. And you said, I was telling you about the candidate, and I mentioned her name. And you said, Yep, as soon as she can start, I'm ready to go. And it caught me off guard. And you said, I know her, I've worked with her years ago. Oh, She's yes. unbelievable. Yes,
1: yes, yes. And I
0: want her to start as soon as I can, which yes. is, it's music to a recruiter's ears, right? We're yeah. like, oh my gosh, this is perfect. Why can't every client be like Marsha is?
1: Well, it was music to my ears, cause I'm like, that's exactly the person I'm looking for.
0: Yeah, so I love right. that. Yes. So it was a perfect match, which is what we're match. after. Yeah. But there was something early in this particular person's career that stood out to you. Mm-hmm. And, and it may not be just one or two things, but I'd love for you to, to think about or tell us about the qualities that you look for because she was memorable mm-hmm. and you knew you immediately wanted her on your team. And I think people who are looking for jobs or are unemployed or are looking for a better opportunity I think it'd be good for them to hear those characteristics because they should be keeping those in mind as they progress through their career.
1: Um, what confidence, like we said, she was always confident and she just knew her numbers and she was just a... Um, I remember working with her and she was just a kind of a silent partner. She just worked and... and you know, she would question things when when needed to, but she just was a very hard worker, and and um, in accounting that's very important because there's very very small room for mistakes. I mean, people make mistakes, and you can go correct them in accounting. They say you can, yeah, so they can go correct them. But she just she was just solid, strong, knew her numbers, easy to get along with. She's great, and even when she came in and was working for me there were topics that we would agree to disagree because we she would say well I would do it this way well I would do it this way and so we just kind of agreed to disagree but at, this, at the same time we would laugh about it and we would say okay let's do the options and come up with the optimum solution and she's just she's just a pleasant person to work with and she just knows her numbers
0: yeah so on this part cuz i want to transition to something here in a second that I think is in, incredible about Marsha, but in, in this area, as we make a transition, just to kind of cap it off here, the things I've heard you mention a lot to someone beginning their career is, in fact, the other people we've talked to sat in that same chair, I said the same thing, like mm-hmm. hard worker,
1: hard worker, hard worker. Um,
0: know what you're doing and be willing to challenge the status quo because you were. Yes. Right. Mm-hmm. And and you took initiative, and I know she takes a lot of initiative in your mm-hmm. career. So mm-hmm. those seem to be the qualities. Those those aren't on the resume. That's
1: right. Necessarily, You're exactly right.
0: Yes. Right. Yes. So it's not going to like jump off the resume. So it's it's really incumbent upon the person to present themselves that way in front of a hiring manager,
1: which is hard to do. I think it's really hard to do because I think a lot of people don't really know that. They might have that quality, so mm-hmm. um, it, it's it's got to kind of got to come natural, I think. So when mm-hmm. you're interviewing, I mean, it's that's you, you can't very well say, "Well, are you a leader?" Because mm-hmm. probably everybody will say, "Well, I think I am," mm-hmm. but that doesn't necessarily mean they are. So it's just um, I don't know. It's just very important for them to try to. Um, I think also if they really determine what their passion is and what they're really left to do, then it's just pulled out in them. Mm-hmm. It's just easy, it comes natural for them.
0: And you as a leader, if you can identify that, you can work to pull that out that's in right. them as well, right? That's right. Exactly and, that's, right. Yes. and that's part of your responsibility, yes. would you agree? Yes,
1: yes absolutely, absolutely. Because yeah. I would always interview everybody. When I would go to, to to new positions, I would interview my staff and just just talk to them and mm-hmm. see what, what they left to do. And then I would assign certain things to them. I would always give them a certain area of responsibility. Yeah. Um, that's what the CFO that I work for. She always gave me an area of responsibility and trusted me that I would get it done. And either, again, you either step up to bat or you don't. Yeah. And so I'd always give them an area of responsibility and that's what would help them. I could either tell they were really comfortable with it or not quite comfortable with it because you you have to kind of know your passion because I think that that is what drives people to really, if they really love something, then it's going to come natural for them. Mm-hmm. But I think likewise, and especially in accounting, you also have to know what you're not comfortable at doing right. and because you and, and put that on the table to say, I love this and this comes natural for me, but I'm not so, I'm not that comfortable like in the boardroom and presenting financials and yeah. so. Yeah.
0: Yeah. You, you said that she told you something and you said if you were king or queen oh, for that's a right. day. That's
1: exactly right. So again, she, as I was working for her, she invited me to be on her leadership team. Yeah. And I thought this was so cool and I thought it was brilliant how she handled it. So we were up for a promotion, mm-hmm. a, a promotion. I say we were, um, a new a new job came along under, under her area and I really wanted it. I thought I needed it for my career path. Mm-hmm. Well, so did another one of her direct reports. So we both wanted it, we just had to have it. And so she called us both in and said, you're both qualified, you, you both could do it. So I'm gonna give you homework. If you were king and queen of the day, what would you do different in this department? And the department was like 300 people, I mean, it's huge. So she said, what would you do different? And more or less do a reorg. And she gave us three months to come up with a proposal. Yes. It was great, so I really got into it. And um, so did he. And and so we, we just totally revamped the entire department for three months. But then um, we went to, to give it to her and she was still struggling because she liked both of our proposals because yeah. they were great, it was fun, it was really fun. Yeah. But then um, when I when I turned it in, then that's when the other another new position came up, which was the system implementation, which was a huge initi- initiative for the entire company. And she said, Marsha, based on your proposal here, you would be great at this one. And I was like, I don't, I don't, I don't, like, I don't think, I, don't, I know nothing about the topic. And she said, you can do it. You have to look into yeah. it. So anyway, it was great. So yeah.
0: the vote of confidence from her. The vote huge, of confidence. It was huge. huge.
1: So it, I wasn't going to let her down and yeah. it just, it put confidence in me actually, so.
0: Well, I'm going to transition to a certain area that okay. I think is just phenomenal for people to listen to. Okay. And, um, what I got, not the king or queen for a day, but a leader that I reported to, and she'll know who she is if she's listening to this, she would always say, well, what would you do if this was your company?
1: Oh, cool, yeah.
0: So it didn't matter what I'd ask her, she would just say, well, what would you do if this was your company? Which is very important. So then I stopped asking her, because I'm like, I already know what you're gonna say. Well, you know. Yeah. Here's the transition that I want to make real quick because I think uh, Marcia has faced something in her life. You know, one of the questions we talk about is a challenge in your career. And she had a challenge in her career, but it started with a challenge in her personal life and one that I think everybody would wish no one would have to go through. And um, I'd love for you to tell us a little bit about it. And on the back end of that, I'd love for you to tell... Uh, for people who are going through some type of challenge in their career, it doesn't really matter what it is, but if they're going through some type of challenge in their personal or professional life, how do you work through it in your professional life?
1: Excellent question. So for those who know me, uh, my 21 year old son was killed in a car accident. And as we all know, that is an absolute game changer. And so Uh, It totally changed me. And at the time I was at Bell Helicopter. So my colleagues at the time just came out and just turned into family to me. They helped me get through this so much. And so um, when something like this happens, you either turn bitter or you turn better. So I was determined to not let that take me down and it is a process. So one of the things that I did was, my best friend and I, she had lost her 12 year old. And we, we started an organization in South Lake, and it's called Compassionate Friends. It's part of a larger um, community, it's nationwide. And so we just help parents through the bereavement process. We provide hope, we actually provide hope. And uh, we're there, like he said, we're there if, if you need us, we hope no one ever needs us, but unfortunately people do. But that also, um, as weird as this might sound, it also opened doors for me because uh, I would go to conferences and, uh, and I met um, a lot of people And one being on um, a radio station and a TV station. And they invited me to, to speak on their radio on on how to help people. And so, and they also have, it's called open to hope. And so that's out there for help too. And so I write articles for that too. Mm -hmm. And I also was asked to speak at, um, TWU, every semester they would um, ask me to come and speak to their graduating seniors that's going into social workers. And when they um, touched on grief, they would invite me to come and speak. So what I would say to challenges is just don't give up. And again, I published a book and it's for me, it's God can get you through anything if you allow him to. Mm-hmm. And so I relied on him to get me through and wonderful friends, but there's always gonna be challenges. And so don't give up and and just um, process it, draw strength on friends and in your prayer life and it will get you through anything.
0: You had mentioned yesterday that you had to learn to compartmentalize to a degree.
1: I did. I absolutely uh, did. Because you
0: were balancing a tragedy in your personal life. Yes. And you eventually, I think after a month or so, you went back to the office to do some work.
1: Yes. And there's, uh, people kind of handle something like that different. For me, I threw myself into my work. Mm -hmm. A lot of people stay home and just have to go through the journey that way. But I threw myself um, into work. And again, I had people at Bell Helicopter that just turned into family. They just, they they knew exactly what to say, when to say it, but then they also knew when not to say anything because I had my, my work hat on and I had, we, we were implementing SAP and, and I had to stay focused. And and it just worked because it is a process. And I just, I came out on the other side with just really, really good friends and family that just helped me through it. and. I love Bell Helicopter because it just happened at that time, but I yeah. knew how to compartmentalize because work is work and personal yeah. is personal and
0: yeah. So. Yeah, colleagues. I wrote that name. I wrote that word down when you said that because it's not just incumbent upon the person to get through that time in their life that is having some challenge or facing a difficulty, whether it's in your personal or professional life. hmm I think we could all be better colleagues, you know, and really put ourselves in the other person's shoes. And that's you—you you leaned. You said that they became family.
1: They did. They totally became. Family. And you
0: leaned on them. And that—and yes. that was years ago in, in your it career. Was years ago. And you probably looked to shape every company you've been to since, and every department. Yes. Into they first started out as colleagues. And you look to try to weave them into your family.
1: Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. That, that make, all of my best friends. I think I've worked with over over my journey, and it's just they're just great. Mm-hmm.
0: I know a couple of them, and in fact, one of them one yeah. of them told me you would be fantastic at this, which <laughs> is why one of the reasons why you're sitting here today. I spoke with her today too. So it's great. Um, this is her book. I know the secret, and you can find it at Amazon. And so you should really take a look at it. It is a fantastic book. She autographed a copy of it for me today. So I'm excited. Thank you so much for that. So please get that book. I know the secret. So we're starting to wrap up here. Okay. Um, And I would just love to know, so the first part of this was talking about, you know, the hard work, just to recap that. um, If you were to leave a word or two to our audience, about um, advice you would give them as they begin their career. So step 1 is as they begin their career, what advice would you give them? And then step 2, what would you leave them with when cuz we all face challenge. We're all going to face the we're challenge.
1: we all face challenges. And
0: it's Sometimes always going to look different. Yeah. And we're always going to handle it differently right. because we have different DNA, we're different people, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and we all process information. So what advice do you give when they begin their career to climb the ladder and work hard? And then, what advice when they get that challenge would you leave people with?
1: Okay, so the first one I would say, uh, and again, since we're talking about accounting, and, and we're probably talking about a lot that's got their accounting degree, and as they start, you know, today's buzzword is work-life balance. Well, in accounting, there are deadlines, and so know the deadline, know the deadline, know the expectation of the job, right? Because uh, you've got to release release your earnings on a certain time. So therefore, walk into it, know the requirements of that job, probably know that you're gonna be really, really busy the first two weeks of the month. The second two weeks of the month is when you can go on vacation or you might have a little bit of downtime, but you're gonna really, really work and it's gonna be very, very challenging. So just know it. And, and, and also as you're going, Take the time to look at the um, total picture and not just the big picture, mm-hmm. because as you do climb the corporate ladder, that's going to come in handy. Because when you're sitting in the boardroom and you're trying to, you're looking at your financials when you make it to the CFO position, you're going to know that you you know every single aspect of that job because you've done it. And mm-hmm. so, n- not know more than just the big picture. Take the time to understand the total picture, which means talk to IT, know everything that feeds the financials, know know all the ebbs and flows of everything, mm-hmm. know the challenges because
0: mm-hmm.
1: it, it gets a little complicated at times.
0: Yeah. Such great advice on that. Yeah.
1: So um, that's what helped me and mm-hmm. and I and that's what I try to uh, tell my people. People know that I do flow charts. You walk into my office at any given time and I I process information visually, mm-hmm. so I map everything. So therefore I think everything, everybody focuses on visual.
0: Mm-hmm. Well,
1: you walk into my office and you will see flow charts at a management level, friendly level, mm-hmm. not just IT level. And and I think if you understand how it all fits together and your little piece fits into something much larger, you approach it different, you approach yeah. it different, I think. And it's a challenge, it's a challenge and it, and it sometimes takes years to... To understand that and, and know your passion, know what you really, really love to do, and also know what you really don't feel comfortable at doing. Put it right up front, say I just don't this just I just don't feel comfortable doing mm-hmm. this. Because it will be like pulling teeth, doing it yep. all the time. And yep. so there's enough there's so much to accounting that you can find your niche to to, mm-hmm. to go and capitalize on that. Yeah. And then run from the other to say that's yeah. just not me.
0: Yeah. And, and and the other stuff that you it may not be you it would be good to have a voice and talk to
1: your yes, boss and, right. and
0: and help them guide your career. Like this may not be the right opportunity, but maybe there's an opportunity to develop a, a new position or put yourself, that's right. be put on a different team. Right? But,
1: and, but And try it first, because it might not be as difficult as you, it, mm-hmm. it's gonna be difficult, but you might you might end up blocking it. Mm-hmm. So I've tried, I've tried all the different different areas, mm-hmm. but there were some that I just never could get comfortable with. And like, you know, I've I've had my share in the boardroom, and, and literally speak to all the executives. I would rather not if I if I didn't have to. I'd rather give them to you and let you do them. I would rather do the legwork and give them to you and let you do it. Mm-hmm. Right? So, but I can do it. There's yeah. a difference, and you can yeah. do it, and whether you really love to do it. There are some people that just love being in the boardroom, and that is their cup of tea. Yeah. I would rather. Plan everything, hand it over to that person, and let them yeah. do it.
0: Yeah, that's great. And then for someone who's facing a challenge in their career, whatever that challenge is, and it could be in their personal or professional life, what advice do you give a listener who's listening to this now, or you know, a couple of months out in the future, then they're coming back and listening to this? How do they handle that?
1: You know, I would say pull strength from your your colleagues, your coworkers, and just um, kind of process. You just it's a journey and just kind of process it because you are going to have challenges and just face it head on and acknowledge it. That's huge. If you totally acknowledge your, your challenge and and, and and have a strategy, get a plan on on how to plow through it, but plow through it. You just have to plow through it because you do come out stronger on the other side. That yeah. much I know for sure.
0: Yeah. Well, you're a living example of I'm that. a living
1: example. Yes. And
0: man, I, You know, I told you this yesterday. I was like, okay, we're going to have to have you back, (laughs) you know, for like three or four more sessions because you have so much good content inside of you. And, and I love to hear you talk. You make me passionate about my job.
1: Well, thank you. I've been very blessed, but I've also had a lot of challenges. Like you said, I've, I've kind of had both. So yeah
0: well thanks so much for being here
1: you're welcome
0: guys go get this book she's fantastic and i think it's whether you've had a challenge or something that's happened in your life i think this is just good to know whether it's happened to you or not it's really good to know you can find it on amazon Marsha, thanks for being here so much thank with you. us today thank
1: you, thank you. i and, enjoyed
0: it yeah well thank you and for our listeners we appreciate you guys. Hopefully, you grabbed a lot of really valuable information from this interview. I'm sure you did. I'm going to go listen to it a couple more times. Um, and until next time, thanks so much. If you're looking for the next step in your career or the missing piece for your team, Unity Search has you covered. Whether it's finance and accounting, tax services, information technology, or human resources, Unity Search is here for you with experienced and dedicated hiring professionals. Reach out today and take the next step. Unity Search, placing you first.